All right, friends, welcome to the 2021 Living Your Calling Summer Series. This is going to be a six-week series where I bring on some faces you have seen before and some new faces that I am excited to talk with. And we are going to share what does it mean to be living your calling and living your calling in this moment and how did some of these guests build up to what they're doing today and what are they feeling called to do right now? Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. All right, friends, I am so excited to introduce to you guys my friend Bryce, who is the heartthrob of the high school musicals. He's also a show producer, an aspiring TV writer, and the co-host of the Nobody's Podcast. And he's simply trying to survive the entertainment industry, the pandemic, and thoughts inside his head. And he works best after meals. Bryce, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate coming, you inviting me on the show. I feel so honored. Because you are do you are doing like you, I mean I like I'm not I don't want to put you on blast but I feel like you were like I I don't really have many men on right and so when you asked me I mean this is that's this is that's quite a stretch um, to call me a man but um, I will say that that's really nice of you I, I I feel very honored to be included so well you are kind of like the start of the turn of how the podcast is kind of changing and that's what this oh. Um, with the rebrand of the podcast, not that I don't care about moms and still having businesses and stuff like that, yeah. but it's more opening up because it's like, there's so many men in my life and women who are not moms that have amazing stories. So that is kind of where the podcast is turning and where the name change yeah. happened. And so, yes, you are like one of the first men to be part That's of- That's fantastic. It's cool. I think that you have to sort of, I mean, as we can get into it, but like I, as you mentioned, I have a podcast and I think it's just a natural progression of, or a, nat a natural evolution of a podcast. Anyway, you have to sort of 
roll with the punches, see what's not that nothing may not be working, but it's just, you know, it's nice to branch out. You know, we just recently did this with, uh, we are, are, I mean, as if we're like anything where the podcast is called the nobodies, but it's like, we are, you know, in our second season, if you want to say that we're doing seasons of this, uh, we started doing what we call these somebody sessions where we have people come on and it's been really nice to sort of have because it's me and my podcast partner, Annie Wilkinson. And so we, it was just the two of us for a really long time. And then we started introducing just people in general at all, just a third or fourth, third and fourth voice or whatever. And it's been really fun to, so then the episodes when it's just the two of us make it a lot more special, if that makes sense. It's just nice to have sort of like a, a, a versatility about it. So, yeah. And I think it's interesting and you kind of getting your groove as you continue to evolve and the more episodes that you make. For sure. You know, I, you're further into the podcast than I am. I'm just a year under my belt. But when I look back at the beginning, I'm like, wow, this has really evolved and changed. And I like where it's going. And that's the thing I love about podcasts. People joke. It's like the wild, wild west. (laughs) There's no rules around podcasts. You do whatever you want. If you're like, nah, I just am going to take a break for a while. No one like, yeah, just take a break. doesn't really matter. You can do whatever you want too. no matter what I get so caught up as, as you know, if, if, if you went and listened to my podcast, you would see my, my podcast partner gives me crap all the time because I'm like trying to brand these things. So like we have segments and we have a bunch of different segments and I try to like brand them. I'm like, well, people are going to know that we're And She's like, no, they're not. No one's going to know, but you, you're the only one that's holding on to this. Everyone else doesn't care. So I don't know. I told you, I like the segments though. Thank you. It like gives it like, you kind of like get a know of like what's coming, you know, but, and I can see how that works really well with you because of what you do for a living. So it makes sense that that's that's like what you put your into your podcast. And I love that. Oh, thank you. So I do have to say, I did go digging for a high school picture Uh, of us. Did you find one? No, because... Um, that was before the digital age of pictures. <laughs> I mean, nobody needs to see that photo, honestly. So no, I was going to have to go like digging through boxes at my mom's house, but like, I know they're there, but they're just yeah, not in digital. I'm sure form. they are. Well, no one needs to see me with like eyeliner on. And I was really, you know, I mean, it was, it was like, I, I feel like the guys in the musical were more into the makeup than the girls were like it was very much it was very a point to like you girls would do our makeup and it would be like I don't know if we thought that it would be that's like how we would be able to talk to you guys more or something like I don't know what the sort of like appeal of it was maybe because we don't wear makeup normally but yeah I mean I just there's I've had so many pictures of of us in the musical and it's just like that caked on makeup you know so that was so fun that was such a fun like did you do all so I did uh, we did Grease and Fiddler mm-hmm. on the Roof. I did those two. Mm-hmm. And yep. then did you do the other, like, this, I mean, there's a musical each year we were, did you do all four years? Well, technically, yes. But my, the year that they did Grease, they only let seniors and juniors into it. And I was a sophomore. Oh. So I was like oh. backstage. I don't know. Yeah, it was like a big thing. Oh. And- well, I mean, Grease was like the, the talk of the town I, I mean it was like everybody was like oh they're doing Greece this year because I think they I can't remember the other the other ones but I think they had done a couple of like more somber meet me a little in St. Louis like, yeah like kind of less known and then they were like let's do Greece and it's like everybody's gonna go see that so 
that was that was really those were really fun days I I I think of them fondly yes I loved like the musical days it was so I know okay so before we jump into our conversation today I'm starting a fun conversation starters game so I want you to pick between one and 350 oh god okay um uh, let's see okay let's see one 350 all right um wow this is so ridiculous two 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 i don't know why i don't okay no clue why if you could talk to animals and they could understand you but you couldn't understand them what would you do with the power oh okay so if i can talk to animals and they can understand me well i'd Uh have to but you but i can't understand them Okay. Right. So, you know, like I already know my uh, answer. I would be Aquaman, okay. obviously. I would like to I would I would coordinate like have the fish coordinate and like kind of maybe I would start like a water park or like uh some sort of SeaWorld uh comp- competition and then just have them do like <laughs> just tons of crazy stuff. So, I'd have I I would I would man the water. That's what I think I would do. I love that. Less than I mean more so than other things. I mean, you know, and I love how you were like, and it's going to be an amusement park. You already went into like yeah. the full. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a franchise going. It'll be a movie. It'll be a it'll be a movie, TV series, action figures, everything. I've already got it all. I've tapped in. Uh, I mean, how stupid is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about your story and your journey of how you got to where you are today. Um, and I can remember back in high school, people used to say, Bryce is going to go to Hollywood. Bryce is going to. Oh my gosh. That's ridiculous. No, I swear. I can. Connor Wrench used to tell me that right when Bryce graduates, he's going to Hollywood. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but you did. And so. Oh yeah. All right. (laughs) I did. So. I did. That is true. It is. Let's kind of talk about that. And what did that look like? Did you go straight after high school to school out there and how, or how did you get out there and get started? So, yeah, so I started, um, I went to Lincoln, the university of Nebraska Lincoln. So I went to UNL first and then I graduated. Uh, I did my, you know, I went to college there and then right after college, I moved straight to LA I started um, going to a little conservatory type school to get my master's in film called it's called the New York Film Academy, but it was in Los Angeles, which doesn't make any sense. But I mean, they had a they had a spot in New York, too. But what was really cool about it is that that it was on the Universal Studios back lot. So we kind of you had access to that a little bit, not much. But I mean, you got we got to film some stuff and kind of go around and sort of felt like you were on the uh, kind of on the lot, which was really neat. And I did that for a my program was essentially two years, but we really finished it in about a year and a half. And then they were kind of like, all right, you're cut loose. And um, so I was kind of, you know, fumbling around trying to figure out what, what I really wanted to do because film is pretty vast. And what was great about this school that I went to is that it, it kind of taught you all, all the different genres. So I got to, I mean, it was sort of a Jack of all trades, master of none type thing where you kind of learned a, everything but nothing like that substantial so I don't know how I I just feel like it was really good because you had we got like onset experience I mean they kind of threw you in and you were like okay make a short film and then you had to like play do all the roles kind of like when the musicals where you would like be backstage and you would just have to like learn how to do everything so that was that was a cool thing about it maybe if you know looking back maybe I would have rather like 
stuck in more of one lane. I may have not been more such a mess as I am now, because as, as I'll get into my resume, is like kind of all over the place too, um, which is great, which is good and bad, which I can explain. But yeah, it's kind of funny. So then I was kind of figuring out what to do. I did the whole way. I was a waiter at, in, I was actually, at, it was a really nice restaurant out at the, it was on the beach, but um, I was a waiter for about the, the, like about six months, I'd say. And what's hilarious is that uh, you'll appreciate this. So I was like, all right, I can't be a waiter anymore. I was kind of waffling between like acting and writing and I was writing, but I was, I really wasn't acting. It was really, it's really hard to get into to acting. So I commend anybody who, who can do it and, and lives that life. Cause it's very tough. And I was just like, I can't do this for my personality. Like I can't. So I ended up reaching out to a friend who, you know, Emily Latka, she was in the musicals with us and she was actually working at a show called the talk mm-hmm. on CBS. And it's with Sharon Osbourne and Julie Chen was on it. All these people were on it at the time that none of them are there anymore. Sarah Gilbert uh, from Roseanne was on it. And um, I just, I had reached out to her cause I knew she lived there and I just said, Hey, is there, you know, by chance, is there any openings for, you know, any positions, like just any entry level positions at, at the talk. And she's like, actually, there is a job in, in our audience department. Let me um, send your resume to the producer over there. Like, I mean, it was, it was probably like within a week, I, I like, they were like, come in. And there was no, there was, what was, I thought was crazy was that there was really no interview process. It was like, come in. I was a, what they call a day player. So also if I'm talking way too much, or if you don't understand what I'm saying, just cut me off and tell me like, okay, Bryce, what are you even talking about right now? But so a day player is someone that just just comes in for like a day or a week and they'll pay you out that way. So I started out as that. And I, the, the day I remember I came in on a Monday and then I just never left. They just, after, after a amount of time, like it was after a month, I think they asked me to come on full time, but there was never any interview. I never sat down with anyone and was like, it was just, I think they, they were, it was really important to them to just see how I worked. I mean, what would be the point of just wasting time and trying to interview somebody? I think at this job in this specific role, because obviously I had to interview for later jobs, but so that's kind of how I got started, but it was just, it's hilarious how that sort of Nebraska connection again, it's all. And then, then I was like, okay, it's all about who, you know, that's all this is. doesn't matter. I went to school. I got my master's in film and I they're like cool whatever yeah I totally agree with you that Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I've learned is it's not about what you know it's who you know and who you can connect people to for sure so as you kind of got into that job and you're talking about you know you wanted to be an actor which I went down that same road too and then I was like well nobody's even they can't even eat because they (laughs) make like no money even like the trading spam Reading spam and craft macaroni and cheese. That's it. Yes. And the people that are on like the touring Broadway, they still make no money if you're like just in the, in the cast, like unless you're a, a a lead role or whatever. So I was like, yeah, work. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I always, I still have like, I still would like to act. I mean, I really would. I think that it would be so fun to, to be an actor or to like play a role. I mean, not something that I'm not going to be Daniel Day Lewis. I'm not going to go and play like Abraham Lincoln or something. I mean, I would just want to play like a heightened version of myself or, uh, you know, I think that would be so fun to just do, but 
I think just like I like I said, just and I mean, obviously, we're musical kids. Like, of course, we're going to want to like have that. We have that itch and um, because, you know, it's so fun when you're doing it. And I think that's why people want to do. I mean, that's why people want to sing, be singers and musicians and all this stuff, because it's so much fun and it doesn't feel like work. And luckily, I've gotten into a position and, a, and in a place where it doesn't feel like it really doesn't feel like work to me either. You know, even doing the podcast doesn't feel like work. So I, I'm really grateful that I've been able to even just like be in this lane as well. So, yeah, so I started out as this as like an audience, kind of like an audience assistant, which essentially is just a seating um, people in the audience, like picking people, like just putting it. It was it was pretty simple. The only thing with the talk is that they had um, a so they, they're sort of like Ellen where they give stuff away, obviously not like cars or Oprah, maybe like Oprah. I'm hoping you can, I hope you can hear the screaming kids in the background. I, I told listeners, I told Michelle earlier that I was mannying my sister's children this, this week. So, so I'm at her house. And so if you hear any kids, it's not it's it's mine. It's my children uh, <laughs> or like, I guess, surrogate children. Anyway, um, I uh, so. So yeah, so that, but we have giveaways. So we would have to distribute all the gifts. So all the, all the gifts and stuff to the audience members after, after that. And um, so that was the other thing. But anyway, I transitioned then, it's still at the talk, but at the end of the, at the end of the season, I was there for one year and my boss kind of just came up to me and was like, Hey, um, how would you feel about being, working with talent and being like the host assistant? And I hadn't really ever thought about this, but the, the talk had says five hosts. It's kind of like the view. So it was just, you know, you'd have to sort of manage, manage the time of each, each individual lady. And there was another, I had a, I had a counterpart who, who we, we would work together in tandem, but, um, and I, you know, at the time I was just kind of like, you know what, this is something to do. The, the audience job is very technical. Not that this was any more creative, but it was just a chance to sort of see another side of the show. And I just thought, listen, I just started in this. I've got to take this leap. You know, I've got to, I've got to check this out. And so I ended up getting over there and I worked there for two years and got, you know, pretty close to the ladies and ended up working um, for Julie Chen Moonves now, Julie, I mean, she goes by Julie Chen Moonves, but uh, she was also the host and um, she's also the host of Big Brother on CBS, the uh, uh, the show, the like survivor in a house show, if people aren't <laughs> familiar. <laughs> yeah. But so I ended up being I ended up getting to be and that was I remember that was just such an amazing um, get, you know, because I'd kind of gone to her very softly. And I just said I'd known that this normally wouldn't happen because like you wouldn't want like an assistant to be like, the, I'm sure the talk was like, we don't want the same assistant to be like cutting time or like splitting time between two shows. Um, Cause we want him to do all the work for us and not for them. Um, but I, I remember that being like such an amazing opportunity and I felt so grateful and honored to be able to to do that because it was a primetime show it was a live show the talk was also live but big brother you know i would be my whole job was julie has these cards that she holds and she does have a teleprompter so the it's not like she's reading off the cards but you know you just really don't know what's going to happen in those live shows because people go home they get evicted is what they call them and so then she has to interview the person that gets evicted but you you have an idea of who's going to get evicted but you really don't know until like the, maybe not even maybe up until the minute that it happens 
So that was a really, it was just really exciting to be like on that set and to be, you know, there was a live audience and everything. And, you know, that was, I just remember thinking that that was just the coolest thing I had done thus far. And not to say that the, you know, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of really fun things, but that was sort of, but so then I was kind of, now, I, now again, I'm sort of like, I'm building my resume, but again, not the same thing. I mean, I'm still in this like talk show realm and then, um, yeah. And so after that, I was just, I'd been there for like about three years. And again, you know, I mean, please tell me to shut up, but, um, as I, but if you have any other questions, I, I just, let's see, I'm trying to think about this. So I was at my like third year in that job and I was like, you know, it's time for a change. It's just, you know, I've done big brother for two years now. Um, I've done the talk for three and um, an opportunity through a mentor of mine at the talk. I just, I was, I would kind of tell him and he was, you know, this is what's amazing about this because a lot of people wouldn't be like this, but he really wanted me to grow. And it was something where he was my boss too. So it's like, you know, I mean, if, if he thought I was good, which maybe he didn't, maybe he's like, get me, get this kid out of here. But if he did, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just nice that he was so open and willing to, to, you know, say here, you know, like this is, let's find you something else. So an opportunity came up and with uh, Chelsea Handler's show, she had just finished Chelsea lately and she just got, she had a massive deal at Netflix and um, he reached out to his sort of counterpart at her show and was like, Hey, I've got this guy. He really wants to, you know, I just really wanted to see late night. I really wanted to get into late night. That was sort of my, my next goal. Cause I, you know, I love comedy and I, I just, and I really love Chelsea. I love Chelsea lately. I was a fan of hers before I even worked with her. And then this opportunity came up and I remember it, this was funny only because when I got to the, so I got the interview and I got there and I had no idea what I was interviewing for. They were just like, can you come in? Have you ever had that happen to you? Like, I mean, they're like, they were just like, Hey, can you come in? We're interviewing people. I'm like, well, obviously yes. And I get in there and I'm like, so then they're talking and they're explaining and they're really not even saying like, here's what we are looking for. Here's what we're doing. Like I had to figure it. I just like had to read cues and be like, okay, so I'm sitting with the showrunner. I'm sitting with like a, the two executive producers, whatever, something like that. And so I finally, and then like, I clicked and I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be the executive producer's assistant. That's what they want. Cause they kept asking about Julie and big brother and all this stuff. And I mean, that's, what's on my resume, but I just, I was so clueless at the time. And, you know, it was, that was also a funny time because they, you know, when shows start up, they don't just like start. It's like, it's a very long process of even, even getting just people in place. And I was the first person on that show to be hired, wow. but the process of, of hiring everybody was like, you know, it probably took six months. Wow. So it, yeah. So that's like crazy. And I think it's just really interesting. And as people kind of are listening that it's not like you had the producer title. Was that something that you no. always wanted? It was just, you kind of knew where you wanted to be in the industry and it did. Yeah. You know, it's just like, whichever pathway took you there is the one that you followed. Right. I mean, and essentially, I mean, even at that, I, you're giving me way too much credit, Michelle, because <laughs> I really didn't even know that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted. Um, and I think that's for people who want to like get into this industry is what I would tell them is just that like, you don't really, I mean, yes, if you have something in mind and you're super driven and you want, and you're, 
and, and you know, you have a real goal in mind. Like I, I've always been a writer, I would say, I think looking back and thinking about it, I mean, that's sort of always been a constant. I've always liked to write. I've always, um, I've always written like little stories, even from when I was very young. And so I think that's sort of like, I think I finally figured out cause that's where I'm trying to go now. But, um, because I've sort of, you know, like I said, you know, it's like once you've sort of figured out and like seen this, it's just kind of fun to like be able to do other stuff and to see other ways that because I'm just so fascinated with the entertainment industry as a whole, that it's so much fun to be able to go and, and do like these different these different jobs. So that's what was interesting. I didn't really even know what I wanted at the time. I just knew that I at least for this job, I was like, I wanted to change. I wanted to be in late night. I wanted to like see a show from like the conception to the final product, essentially. Um, and I knew that this show would do it because it was starting up. And that's a really fun process just because you're seeing it from the ground level. You're seeing like notes on a page to like an entire set segments being done, you know, you know, uh, people being employed, I guess, like staffed up and everything. So that was really, that's been a really fun experience. Yeah. Which it's so, I just love how you know, you went out there going to school, but you didn't even really know what you wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like I, like I knew I wanted to be in entertainment and funnily enough, the reason why I went to school, I mean, in my head, obviously I, my parents were like, we want you to get an education in my head. I was like, Oh, I need friends to like go out and drink with. Like, that's why I need to go to school because I don't know anyone. And I didn't know a single person in LA. Um, I mean, Emily Latka was out there. I think at the time, or she came like right after me. And then some people did, but I really didn't know anybody. And so I was like, oh, I need people to, you know, go out and go to bars with. That's what my whole goal was. Like, I didn't even go to school <laughs> to go to school, like to actually go to school. So I, I think that I, I really, I, right when I got to film school, I, I was really into the writing part of it. I, I didn't, and I was into the producing part of it and acting too, but that was sort of a there were so many people there that were so much better at acting than I was. I just thought that was like a really like cherry on top of a, of a big sun, big, nice Sunday. So I liked that aspect of it. I did not like directing. I was like, I don't, I just don't see myself in that role. I'm not technical like that. People have, people are so amazing at vision and mm -hmm. I just don't have that. So um, just to be as technical as you need to be, because I think you have to have a vision to, to write as I, you know, say that, but yeah, I definitely wanted to work in entertainment, but I really didn't know sort of what I wanted to do. I figured like, you know, oh, I'll just go and, you know, I'll go to school and then I'll be discovered because I'm so good looking and, you know, it's going to be fine and no one gives a cry. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's so stupid how like I, the way that you sometimes think and, so I don't know, but yeah, no, it was, it is sort of, it's sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the innocence of not knowing until the real world slaps you in the face of what it's the Nebraska. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the coddled, you know, sheltered. No, it's, it's just, yeah. You just don't know what's, you just don't really know until you're, until you're mm -hmm. in it. And um, but yeah, I'm so, I'm, I've been so fortunate to work on like all these like amazing talk shows Um and yeah, I just, it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's kind of funny, like thinking back on it, you know, now like doing stuff like this, like talking to you and reflecting on it, it is silly or it's not silly, but it is so much more, it, it, there's a lot more depth to it than I give myself credit for. I'm sure, we, you know, we all mm -hmm. do this. We're all like, oh, I mean, you, we're, you know, we're roughly the same age. It's like, oh, you know, I'm sure you think 
maybe you don't. If you don't, that's great. But I'm like, I'm always like, oh, I need to be at this point in my life. I don't like, I haven't done anything mm-hmm. with my life. I'm just, you know, I'm not where I want to be professionally. I don't live, you know, I don't live where I want to. I mean, so, but you have to think about it. And if you, if you really sit back and, and really reflect on it, you really do. There's a lot yeah. that we've done. So, which it's funny that you say that because today I was writing a post that I'll probably, I don't know, post sometime this week. <laughs> that was like 30 flirty and failing because what is it when you know like the magic thing but then when you think about it and I'm like gosh I have failed at so many things but at the same time I was reading one of Bob Goff's books over the weekend and it talks yeah. about think of all the things that you've done that other people aspire to do and I was like oh. right okay well that like changes it because to me I'm like well I haven't arrived yet you know I don't no, but other people are like, oh no, you've arrived. Like, I want to be where oh. you are, you know? So like some people probably yeah. want to be and get to do the jobs that you've got to, to do. Well, and you see that, you see that quote or whatever all over the place where it's like you, you know, two things that people want to, people would kill. I mean, that's kind of like a through line in the inter- entertainment industry. Like people would kill for this job. Like there's a thousand other people behind you. It's like, not really, actually. Everyone's unique and everyone brings something to the table. So they, that line is so contrived and old, ancient that it doesn't even make any sense. But the other thing is, is that, mm-hmm. you know, you would kill. It's almost like I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like you would kill for where you are now. Like five, 10 years ago. I mean, thinking about the stuff mm-hmm. that we've done, you just it's amazing it's actually just incredible what we've been able to accomplish because, you know, 10 years ago, I would have never dreamed, or I mean, 15 years ago, I never would have dreamed where I, where I am today. I would have been mm-hmm. like, if you would have told me that I would have probably laughed in your face. Yeah. So be grateful, agree graceful to yourself. Okay. Be, I, I've, I've been practicing grace. I've been very trying to get very Zen lately. So trying to, <laughs> yeah. Yes. We are so excited to be introducing to you the Living Your Calling Retreats. These retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women. We are going to take you from places from the Midwest to the beach to the mountains. And this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need. These retreats are going to be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist so that you can be the first to know when we are going to be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join in community at the Living Your Calling retreat. Okay. So as you've kind of got on your career and you just left the Kelly Clarkson show, so what's next or like, what to you is like, I'm going to arrive, you know, since we're talking about 30, 40, sailing, but what is it to you? Like, where are you going to be like, I've, I've made it, or I feel like this is where I want to go. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, that's a great question. I did, I did just um, leave my, the show that my post that I'm at again, I worked at the Kelly Clarkson show. Um, again, another amazing opportunity for me to be able to do, you know, I've worked in talk shows for so long, but all of my jobs have been different positions. You know, like when I was at Chelsea, I was a studio producer, which is, you know, the people that like when she's on stage and at the Kelly Clarkson show, I was a field producer. So 
that means when she, whenever she was off the stage doing stuff out in the world, that's what I, and I hadn't, I hadn't really ever gotten that opportunity or experience before. So that was amazing. Um, I think when I will have arrived, I want to say when I, um, I, again, I still sort of, I still really am pursuing this writing, the writing path right now. Again, um, I think if I, when I, you know, sell my own show. I think that's probably like a, that's a really, really lofty goal, but I don't think I'll really be, I mean, the, the work starts after that, but I think I'd be really happy and be like, okay, this is, this is a really significant, not only that, I mean, if we're going smaller scale, even becoming like a writer's assistant on a scripted show, let alone a really, you know, amazing one would be absolutely incredible. And I feel like that would be my next sort of step um, in this direction, but to just even just to become a writer on a scripted show would be, you know, that would just sort of, I feel like, you know, we're all sort of looking for like legitimization or if that's a word, but like we're legitimacy. And so I think that would, I think that would legitimize me and my career path. Cause again, it's like, as I've mentioned a million times on this now, I I've done so many different things that haven't really been one. I mean, I've, again, I've worked on talk shows, but you know, I just don't feel like I've had um, like a straight mm-hmm. narrow path. And I think that would put me on one and that way I could produce and I could use all my experience that I've done through this and I could produce. And, and I, I don't want to give up producing cause I love that too. But, um, I just think writing is where all the creativity mm-hmm. is, especially in television. And I want to, I would rather, I would, I'm more, I, I gravitate toward more TV rather than film. But I mean, again, I wouldn't be like, <laughs> no, thanks. You know, like hang up the phone if someone came with me, but so that's what I I think that would be I think that would be amazing I love that and how it's just as you kind of talk through your journey it was just little tiny pivots and it was just of whichever way of the pivot that took you next and as you were doing the Kelly Clarkson show and doing that producing was it like on your heart of I just really want to write is that what kind of has made the big shift because clearly after doing that it would probably be very easy for you to go on to the next show right Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really do love working um, on talk shows. I think especially late night Kelly's was sort of a, I mean, Kelly's had Kelly's show has such a musical element, you know, she's obviously a massive, amazing, incredible singer. Um, So it felt, it didn't feel like totally like daytime TV. Um, But yeah, I would say, yes, I think I was really looking to write. um, I've always been, I think probably since, you know, probably the whole time, really, I just think it's intensified as I've gotten, you know, as I've moved through these shows and this and career and everything. Um, I just really, I just have no, and I've also, it just also like was in like ingrained in me that that's, like I said, where the creativity is. And so everything comes from that, from the, from a writer's room, like all the creativity, all the stuff, the producing comes after that. So if I'm able to write and then produce whatever I'm writing, that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal, like Tina Fey or Ray Romano. And those are like so old references. I'm sorry for your, for the Gen Zers out there, but I mean, like, you know, it's, those are the people that, you know, they writ, they writ, they wrote their own, that's I'm, as I'm a writer, they writ their own shows, they write their own shows and then they produce them and then they were in them. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like, that would be the, obviously the main, the best, the best case scenario of all, but um yeah, I just think there's so much creativity in writing. And uh, this was actually this field, the field production is, is a lot more director based, like that's sort of more of a director's path. So I did feel, I do feel a little bit more comfortable. As I mentioned, I did not like directing. 
And I do feel a little bit more comfortable in that realm. I still don't really want to direct. It seems too scary to me. It seems terrifying actually. So, um, but yeah, it's just sort of, it's just, I think, I think, you know, like anything in any career, I think eventually, you know, it bubbles up, you know, cream rises mm -hmm. and everything. And I think that's sort of what's always been like, I always enjoyed writing. I've always wanted to write it's, that's just, it's just has come through even further in these past couple of years, especially. Yeah. I love that. That is so awesome. Well, thank you um, for sharing your story. I always ask people at the end, if you could go back and give yourself any piece of advice to a younger version of you, what would it be? Oh, this is good. I did think about this actually, because I saw that you put, you sent me this. And so I was like, I better have an answer um, ready in the, um, I would say, <laughs> I would say just, um, I mean, I don't know that I would say anything different. I would just say like, slow down, maybe. I mean, don't like, like lower your expectations a little bit because things that the best things kind of come when you put in the hard work, you don't really know that you'd never really know that success or, or that fulfillment if you don't have that sort of slow burn. And I think I, especially at the beginning, I was so like, I should be here. I should be doing this. I should, da, 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 da. and it's like, just take, take, take a beat. I would also say to anyone who's looking to do this, just to work in the entertainment industry, just get started anywhere, get your first, get your foot in the door. And then, and then you can step wherever you want, but just get your foot in the door and work hard and never say no. I mean, unless it's, you know, obviously like, you know, you can say no, you can say no, <laughs> certainly. But I'm just saying like in a, in a, in a court, in a, in a setting, you really just, people want people that are go-getters and they want to, they want you to just figure it out, be a problem solver, you know, that was a couple of, those are just a few things that I had to learn. And I'm so grateful that I was able to learn them. Mm, that's so good. If people want to reach out to you or listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Yes, you can follow me or find me at Bryce advice on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I don't really give any advice, but, um, and you can listen to my podcast. We're on all streaming platforms. It's called the nobody's podcast. And on Instagram, we are at nobody's pod. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. Today. Oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. I talked your ear off. I loved it. I loved <laughs> oh. it so much. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It was so much fun doing this. You have such a great sunny disposition. And, you know, I just think it was so fun to, to do this. So I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling podcast community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.